you do in a B-movie. The end is a little bit ridiculous. I was unsurprised to see that. And it's sweet! Oh my gosh, you guys need to go watch it. It's so good. It's so good. I want to watch it again. travelers and welcome once again to the before and after show as always i'm your co-host mj smith and i am your other co-host ryan buell and i'm still kind of sick so uh if there are coughing fits i will do my best to edit them out but if you watch the youtube show this week uh some of them did not get it edited out i think uh yeah so just bear with me on that i'm hoping next week i'll be at full strength i feel like i'm at the tail end of this stupid thing but every time i get sick i end up with this dumb lingering cough uh for whatever reason so yeah that's a thing matter of fact um so ryan how are you sir i'm doing i'm doing good tired yeah uh, but well doing very well very excited yeah. to talk about uh, the movie tonight yeah so before we get into that a uh, couple things we're gonna do our normal what have we been watching but two there's a lot of movies we want to see coming out this summer a lot of movies we want to see coming out this summer so we're going to break up the format a little bit, and this is where you guys come in. Let us know if you like this format or not. We're Each episode is going to feature a before and an after segment. Um, so, at least through the summer. I don't think we'll continue this through the fall because I feel like releases will drop off. But So this episode you're going to get, uh, and only one person is going to do... Uh, before or after except for the big 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 movies so for example um ryan in this episode is going to do a before segment about king arthur legend of the sword Mm -hmm. because he's actually really excited to see that movie super excited um i'm less excited to see (laughs) it I, i would get around to it eventually but i have another movie that i need to review this weekend um so doing having to go to two movies this weekend would be cost prohibitive and uh, time constrictive to me. Uh, and then next week we'll hear what Ryan thought about King Arthur Legend of the Sword. And I'm going to do a before segment on Alien Covenant. And then the next week it'll be, I think Ryan's doing pirates. Uh, and I'm going to do my after on Covenant. I hope that gives you the idea of what the cycle is. We'll probably come together and do a big Wonder Woman episode. Mm -hmm. Um, because that's going to be a big movie. Yep. Uh, yeah, but before we get into either one of those things, um, Ryan, what did, what did, what did you watch this week? Oh, what did I watch this week? Or play, uh, or listen to. Play or listen, thank you for broadening the, uh, the, uh, the category for me. Um, uh, I have been watching, I've been on a sitcom kick for a while, just because that's just the easiest to pop on and mm-hmm. just kind of go with it. So I've been going through, again, uh, Tim, Allen, Tim Allen's Last Man Standing okay. on Netflix, me and my wife. Uh, we're on the fifth season right now, so we go through them pretty quickly. Um, that's that's a really great show. A lot of fun. I, I enjoy his humor and his comedy. Um, in terms of movies, oh, literally the only movie I've seen this week is the one that we're going to talk about. Oh, Guardians bit, of the Galaxy so. Volume 2. Uh, and listening, I've been listening to the new Skillet album. Okay, yeah. how is that? Uh, it's good. Every song sounds the same. Okay, so but it's a Skillet album. It's a Skillet album, but you know, there's sometimes where you're just in the mood. Yeah, I understand. So I just listen to it and be like, oh. They did a music video with Marvel for some reason. For what movie? Some comic. Oh. That they were coming out with. Yeah, it was okay. real weird. Let's see. I only watched a couple things this week, too. I watched... So, when we went to see Guardians of the Galaxy, they showed the trailer for Defenders. And Kristen was super into that trailer. And so, she decided we're going to watch all the Marvel shows now. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, Yeah. (laughs) My opinion, the only good one is Daredevil, the first season. But I... Yeah. (laughs) Um... So we had watched like eight or nine episodes of the first season of Daredevil mm-hmm. and we went to go catch up. And the problem is we have a shared Netflix account with someone 
and they had watched all of Daredevil. Uh, that's not a problem, but we couldn't remember what episode we were on, so yeah. we just started it from the beginning. Yeah. So we watched the first two episodes, and I remember really liking them. This is a problem that I have with a lot of the Netflix shows. I think the 13-episode model is awful. I think the thir- thir- 13 is way too many episodes. Mm. I think they need to do eight. Um, I think it would tighten the storytelling up a lot. There's a lot going on in the first two episodes of Daredevil. Yeah. And I just, like, it's really ambitious, but not, like, it also doesn't seem like they can deliver on those ambitions, maybe. Mm. I don't know. Um, it's really well acted, but it just... Have you finished the first season? We haven't finished the first season. We've only seen the first, like, eight or nine, like I said, and then we started over, so... Okay, it's... It, they, they, they fulfill. Okay. I can tell you that I would bank on that for you. Okay. Second season, not so much. Okay. First season, excellent. Yeah, so we're in the process of watching all of them, yeah. and she wants to have them knocked out by August when Defenders comes out, so... Oh, that's a tall order. Yeah, that's the thing. My wife can watch TV like there's no tomorrow, and I have a hard time watching TV, especially hour-long dramas. Mm. Especially hour-long dramas that I think are, like, six episodes too long. Um... So, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, we may hit a point where I'm just like, go, like, you go, you go, go on without me. <laughs> I, free. yeah, I'm not a good TV watcher, man. Um, and then the other thing we watched was also dictated by my wife, kind of. We started watching, uh, at my parents' house, we started watching the movie Money Talks with Tim Robbins and Martin Lawrence. It's an early 90s comedy starring them. I wasn't really paying attention to it, but my wife was super into it. And we had to leave, and it was on TV. And it's not available available streaming anywhere. So she was like, well, can we watch like a goofy comedy like that? And I was like, yeah, what is there? What is there? What is there? And so I was thinking about it, and I was like, okay. uh, Martin Lawrence and Tim Robbins. uh, Pretty, like... Pretty straightforward white guy encounters black man. Okay. Uh, oh, I know what you want. And also there's crime involved. And I was like, I know what we're going to watch. We're going to watch See No Evil, Hear No Evil. Um, with Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor. Oh, and yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm super excited. It's on Netflix. And it's no longer on Netflix. Silver Streak is on there. Silver Streak is on there. So we ended up watching Silver Streak. Nice. And... Uh, that's a solid movie, man. It's this cool James Bond North by Northwest Hitchcock riff. Like, it's kind of a, this stew of all of those, but also some comedy thrown in there. It's not a straight-out parody the way a Mel Brooks movie is. Um, it takes itself more seriously than that. But he has all these, you know, it takes place on a train. Hitchcock used a lot of trains. It's kind of about an every man who gets caught up in this uh, spy stuff, which is North by Northwest. But also he's got people acting like Bond villains. Hell, he even has Jaws from the Bond movies. <laughs> Richard Keel. Richard oh, Keel plays awesome. one of the main villains henchmen in the movie. That's and awesome. he's got his Jaws grill in. Um, and it's kind of great. I got super excited when I saw, uh, uh, Richard Keel show up. Um, and they even actually, they even got the weird chief guy, the weird police chief guy, uh, Clifton Collins Jr. from, oh, which of the Bond movies? He's in two of the Bond movies. He's in, I think he's in Live and Let Die. He's in two of the Roger Moore ones. The one where he's in Thailand. And then I think Live and Let Die. It, Live and Let Die is the one where he jumps the car over the swamp and it does the flip. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's in that. And so he plays a weirdo police chief in this, too. Okay. So they lean very heavily on the James Bond stuff. Okay. Which I thought was cool. Um, I grew up kind of watching that movie. Uh, it was on TV all the time. And... I hadn't noticed the James Bond stuff in it until now when I'm nice. more well-versed in it. And so I thought that was really cool. Also, I like that it's 
this re- it's it's so it's the first Richard Pryor Gene Wilder team up movie. Mm. They did three. They did that one, Stir Crazy, and See No Evil, Hear No Evil. Mm. And I think all three of them are pretty good. Yeah. But uh, this one, Richard Pryor doesn't show up until like the beginning of the third act, basically. Okay. Um, he shows up right after the encounter with the wacky police chief from the James Bond movies, and he's kind of in and out the rest of the movie. And I thought that was cool because it really is gene wilder's movie at that point and gene wilder's such a good actor man mm-hmm. gosh he sells that thing so well uh but then when richard Pryor shows up the movie gets a lot funnier yeah a lot funnier um there's a scene where he makes him go in blackface as <laughs> a disguise <laughs> and it works man like it's great like if if on paper someone was like, yeah, there's a scene where a black character makes a white character do blackface, I feel like everyone would be like, that doesn't sound like a great idea to put in your movie. Mm-hmm. But the way this movie handles it is so great. Uh, it doesn't apologize for it at all. Nice. But it also, like, I don't know. It just, like, it's the, 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 it nails the tone of how that should be perfectly because it's not it i don't know it just makes there's just something about the way gene wilder acts when he's in the blackface because he tells him to act black Mm -hmm. because his picture is plastered all over the train station and so he puts him in blackface so that he's in disguise but then he tells him to hold this boom box up to his ear and like walk black basically and i was like man you could not get away with this crap in a 2017 comedy and even my wife was kind of like are they gonna do this and i was like the 80s like i could get away with it yeah well it was the 79 actually when it came Mm -hmm. out which is either a year or two years after blazing saddles which has is way worse oh i love blazing saddles (laughs) that movie's so great uh so yeah silver streak is man that movie's solid and Richard Pryor just, like, in the third act, just ramps the hilarity of it up to a million. Nice. But there's some really funny jokes between, like, that, uh, between then and and when Richard Pryor shows up, because Gene Wilder's such a good, like, straight man. Yeah. He's so good. Gosh. I've heard he's perfected the pause. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, that's his, his key thing. He's really good at that pause. Yeah, he is. It's true. And then, uh, as far as listening, I've been listening, I listened to the new Gorillaz album, wasn't super impressed. There's yeah. a couple good songs on it. Uh, Moments featuring De La, De La Soul was really good. And, oh, whatever the second song is, right after the first song, uh, obviously. But right after the intro. The intro, there's like a, a spoken word intro, and then the first proper song on the album is really yeah. good. But other than that, I wasn't super into it. And then, I've been listening to a lot of Thoughts That Float on a Different Blood. The Dustin Kensrue Acoustic Covers album. Oh, that one. That's a good album. Yeah, it is. Man, it his, is. His rendition of Wrecking Ball. Mm-hmm. I Legit. like that song anyway, but... It's a power ballad. Yeah. That's a uh, fun one. I, uh... It also delivers on the one time I saw Dustin Kensrue live, and he was talking about how good of a song Party in the USA was, mm-hmm. and how he was trying to figure out how to play it on the bus... And then he goes and does a covers record where he does a Miley Cyrus cover anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it's real good, man. He does some good covers. He does Round Here by Counting Grows on there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I love that song. <laughs> oh, man, mm-hmm. I love that song. Um, he does that Cold War Kids song that I really like, Hospital Beds. Yeah. Um, I really like that song. And then, that Jesus Christ song he does is really good. He man, I can't remember the name of the band. Yeah, I don't remember them either. No. He, what else does he do on there? Buzz, Buzz Cut Season by mm-hmm. Lord, uh, Wrecking Ball, Creep, Dance Me to the End of Love by Leonard Cohen, uh, Down There by the Train by Tom Waits, which is excellent. Uh, I actually saw him do that live, and it was it blew my mind. Mm. It made me like that song, which I'm not <laughs> a Tom Waits guy, but yeah, th- that's what I've been listening to uh, outside of my normal podcast regimen. Um, I think that's it. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to take a short break and we're going to come back with one of our, uh, before or after segments. Um, yeah. (laughs) 
Um, and we're back, part one. Um, <laughs> so, like I mentioned, this summer season we're doing a different format. Um, that's because the YouTube channel uh, exists in kind of a different capacity now. And uh, each week it's going to be more of a solo before and after venture, aside from the bigger movies. So uh, Ryan's going to talk right now about uh, before King Arthur, what his expectations for it are. Um, I'll probably ask him some questions about it um before we get into and then we'll come back take another break come back and talk about our final thoughts on guardians of the galaxy Mm -hmm. volume two so ryan uh king arthur legend of the sword yes sir the first in a proposed six series of movies that Mm. the studio decided not to make uh (laughs) and they decided they only wanted i think one of them uh, Especially after apparent all the reviews have come out. Yeah, for. yeah. Uh, so it's the latest Guy Ritchie movie, and so it kind of looks like, based on the trailer, it's a Guy Ritchie movie. It mm-hmm. looks like the street thug that finds out he's got a bigger purpose in store, uh, being, you know, King Arthur and stuff. Also, Eric Bana's there. Jude Law is there. Um, there's a guy whose name I believe is Kung Fu Charlie. Um, <laughs> is it really? I think there's a there's a character named Kung Fu something. Okay. Um, there's dragons and stuff. There's wizards. Uh, so what what are you looking forward to from King Arthur? Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, the tale being retold again in a, in, a, in a fresh light. I've always loved the King Arthur mythos, um, and I've seen. Several renditions of it. I liked the Clive Owen rendition. It was kind of set in Roman oh, times. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. Uh, I've always enjoyed the old, old school uh, Excalibur. Mm-hmm. I think that came out in the 70s. 81. The 81, yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, heck, even... Uh, Sword in the Stone. Sword in the Stone. Uh, shoot. Uh, 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 Holy Grail? Holy Grail. Monty Python Holy Grail, yeah. Forgive me, nerds. For I did not know I had sinned. Um... And so I've always loved the mythos. So this one just looks like a really fresh take. This one seems to be leaning, the aside from Excalibur, really heavy into the fantasy side of things. Mm-hmm. Where you've got fantastical creatures. Um, I don't know if Merlin will get introduced in this one at all. But it just seems to have that bent. And I like the idea of Arthur growing up kind of as a street thug. I think it's a new and interesting take. And it plays to the strengths of the director. I know mm-hmm. that's kind of what he does. I mean, especially if you see seen his like um, Snatch, uh, Lock, Lock Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. That's the he. That's his bent. And I appreciate that style. Are you a Guy Ritchie fan? I am. I I've enjoyed, I I love the Sherlock movies okay. with Robert Downey Jr. Both of them. I love both of them. I think they're good. Um, they're fun and entertaining, and I think that's what. Movies can be that. Yeah, it's yeah, okay. for sure. So I uh, I enjoy those, and I think this the, I think King Arthur will have that, and because I have a deep love for fantasy, mm-hmm. and since there hasn't really been a good fantasy movie in the last year or so, I mean, you could argue the Hobbits, the Hobbit trilogy, was you know not that bad. was the last big one. That was the last big. It wasn't yeah. super well received, but it was no. the last like big brand, big brand fantasy, fantasy thing. So whenever a Solid fantasy movie comes out. I'm, I'm generally, you'll find me in the theaters to see it. So yeah. that's the case for this. Um, I love the actors they have for. It. I think Jude Law may, will make a great bad guy. Yeah. Um, the main actor who's playing Arthur. I don't know the actor's name. Charlie Hunnam. Charlie Hunnam. Yeah. From Pacific Rim. Yeah, from Pacific Rim. First movie I ever saw him in was a movie with Elijah Wood, Green Street. I love that movie. Which is a great movie. Depressing as all get out to yeah. me. But he was really good in that. So I've enjoyed the actor in his career. So I'm excited to see him play this role and uh, and kind of see what they do. I'm kind of, I'm sad but not entirely surprised that there won't be six of these movies. Yeah. I thought that was a long shot or it would have to have been like amazing yeah. to, gotten that, to get that kind of a... A deal, but I'm hoping this movie will have a complete enough story in it. They won't leave too much to be like, wait till the next one, because clearly there's not going to be another one. Right. So I'm I'm excited for it. I think it'll be fun. Yeah. Um. I will go see six of these King Arthur movies if you can guarantee me six Man from Uncles. <laughs> Trade off, right? Yep. Have you seen Man from Uncle? No, I wanted to. Oh, gosh, I love that movie, With, man. Uh, Henry Canville and... Um, Army Hammer. Yeah. And Alicia Vikander. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, I love that movie. And, uh, what's her name? Elizabeth Debicki? The, she played Aisha in Guardians. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, she's, she has a small role in Man from Uncle. Gosh, oh, okay. I love that movie, man. I that movie you. has one of my favorite action comedy sequences of all time in it. Nice. Uh, there's like a, oh, gosh. It's like a spy battle, kind of. Okay. But like, it's just them passive aggressively trying to one up each other with their cool spy gadgets, uh-huh. and it's great. It's so great. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and just the way that sequence culminates is ah, it's perfect. I love that movie so much, and he just he nails the aesthetic of it. Uh, he nails the vibe of it. You know, with with this King Arthur, I might see it eventually. I'm not going to see it this weekend, but. The first trailer didn't do much for me, but I like how heavy he's leaning on the weird fantasy stuff mm-hmm. because we don't get a lot of that, especially mm-hmm. in like a big budget capacity. And so yeah. there's just like, it just looks like there's dragons and mystical creatures everywhere in this thing. Yeah. So yeah, that's a, a, a I mean, I don't disagree necessarily. <laughs> um, yeah. And you'll be back next week to talk about yeah. uh, after yeah. what you thought. And we're going to take another short break and be right back to talk about after Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which that'll be a conversation, I feel like. <laughs> I'm Mary Poppins. <laughs> My favorite line, sorry. And we're back. And this week we're going to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is the sequel to Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, when we last left our heroes, they had just saved the galaxy from uh, an Infinity Stone uh, that was threatening to destroy a planet. And uh, Peter Quill, a.k.a. Star-Lord, held the Infinity Stone in his hand and did not die. And this one finds our heroes just kind of being space mercs. Uh, you know, when we first meet up with them, they've been hired to fight an interdimensional beast and, uh, by these gold people called the Sovereign, Mm -hmm. I believe. Um, and from there they meet Peter Quill's dad and he turns evil. And that's literally the movie. (laughs) Like, that's, that's about it as far as story goes. There's not any sort of a connection to the larger Marvel Cinematic Universe. I would um, argue against that, but go ahead. Well, there's, like, some Thanos <laughs> stuff, but there's not... Like, it's, they're not chasing after an Infinity Stone in this one. You know, there's no, like, MacGuffin at the center of the movie that they're after. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a big character piece. It's a lot of talking. It's two hours and 17 minutes, and it is a lot of people who are dressed like superheroes standing around talking while not a lot of action happens, which... Uh, your mileage may vary on that. Um, but Ryan, what did you think of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2? It is my third favorite movie of the year so far. Really? For me. I loved it. Behind John Wick and... Behind John Wick. So John, Logan. It would be, be John Wick, Logan, and then this so far. Uh, and I've, and I've, I mostly love, with a couple exceptions, the movies I've seen. Um, but it I, it was such a ball. Um, for me, it... It met my expectations. And my expectations, if y'all remember from last ones, were pretty, eh. Yeah. It could go either way. Yeah. So my, my expectations were, were pretty neutral. Uh, so I went in with neutral expectations, and I just had a ball. I thought it made me laugh a lot. Like, most I've laughed in a Marvel movie in a mm. while. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the action. I love, I love the core of the movie, which is family. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a family I can get behind. Yeah, yeah. Unlike, unlike Fast and the Furious, like, this family I can get behind because this is a really dysfunctional family. But I love the character pieces, like you were mentioning, with, like, Rocket's development and kind of figuring out why is he such a schmuck. Mm-hmm. And then his, the, the whole scene with him and uh, Yondu, that whole thing going on. The the telling about fathers and... I, I, even though the plot was not as... Uh, let's say complex as a first mm-hmm. one in terms of like a villain they all had to hunt down that was a major thing I thought this one had a lot more heart in terms of like the villain if I actually sense. agree with that yeah uh, it um, and it still was a world impacting like it was a big bad villain yeah 
Uh, which is why I've, I've read and heard a couple of reviews, and the thing I keep hearing is people are like, well, there wasn't a big bad guy to go after. There wasn't a big bad guy. I'm like, no, there was a big bad guy. Yeah, that's, a, and, yeah, that's bad criticism. Yeah, so, um, and I thought it was, I thought the villain, the, ultimately the villain was a perfect one. Um, does the movie have flaws? Yes. I think there's some moments where the movie kind of dips in terms of pacing, in terms of like, okay, let's mm-hmm. <laughs> let's move the story along a little bit, and um, but it got dark in a few moments, and I thought that was kind of a, a neat like, oh, they're t- you know like the mm-hmm. scene where they're ejecting all the guys that wouldn't revolt on the show. Oh yeah, like the out got super dark. Like there was a kid sitting behind me, and the dad turned to his son, who's like, "Ah, oh, son, don't look," because. It's kind yeah. of like, oh, they're, he, they're straight up showing him freezing in space. Yeah. Um, and Groot was amazing. Absolutely adorable. But I felt so bad for him. Like, you could, yeah. like, the audience, audio was like, oh, I'm going to kill those guys um, for picking on this, essentially a baby alien. Right. Um, but I, I just love, I love the, the action in it was great. It was, it was just a fun movie. And I actually went with my wife, Lisa, and Wes. We hadn't been to a movie since um, Rogue One. Oh, wow. And so that kind of added to it, because we're both Marvel nerds, so that kind of added to the atmosphere of me enjoying it more, because, you know, she was enjoying it, I was enjoying it. Um, but and I, but I, I cried a couple mm. times during this movie. Like, there were some, like, moments. I love the scene between um, Chris Pratt and uh, Russell... Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell, thank you. Um, there it's towards the beginning of the long father son sequence, just before they started playing catch. Oh, okay. That scene where um, they they really got good emotion out of both actors, like the punchy stuff about Quill, Peter Quill's mom dying. I thought that was really that was that got me. And then the end where spoilers are we? Can we go into spoilers? Yeah, yeah. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. spoiler. Yeah. At the end where Yondu dies oh yeah as his surrogate father mm-hmm. oh i just thought that was such a yeah. there's certain things that would have changed but at the same time it, it it still had the impact that it needed it had the emotional punch of the surrogate father figure which kind of helps paint him in a better light for the first movie as well mm-hmm. once you kind of learn that he was actually yondu was saving peter quill from his father and not yeah. kind of how the for you know you know i i just I know my thoughts are all over the place, but I, ultimately, I love that it was about family. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, like, Hallmark family. You know, it was, like, a very... I felt subtle in a way about family is what you make it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved Rocket's arc, kind of mm-hmm. understanding him a little bit better and why he's such a, a schmuck to everybody. And I know I've said that. Anyways... So I loved it. It was it was worth everything. I'm sure probably a couple more viewings I'll see more of the flaws. Okay. But for my first viewing and for my money for anyone who's interested in seeing it, I'd say see it because it was amazing for me, and it was fun. And that's what I I think that's and you would I know you'd agree with me. That's perfectly acceptable for a movie to be so. absolutely. But I am curious to because you when we talked a little bit before and you seemed a little conflicted. Or... Yeah, I have a complicated relationship with this movie. So complicated, in fact, that I wrote my thoughts out to a friend via Facebook Messenger, and I'm going to go get my phone so I can organize those thoughts. Okay, okay, I'm back. Um, so first off, I should say, gun to my head. If you pulled me into a room and put a gun to my head and said, "What did you think of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2?" I would say, "You're being very aggressive right now." But <laughs> um I liked it. Uh I think I like it thematically more than I like it structurally. Mm. And that's fine um because movies don't have to just be one thing. Uh although a solid structure helps a movie a lot, I Very think. So. Um, someone in a group that I'm in, uh, shout out to the Feel and Film uh, podcast. I don't remember who said it, uh, so sorry, and I'm not going to look up the comment right now. They said that it felt like sitting down with a stack of comics and reading through issue by issue, and that was kind of... Uh, the movie doesn't have traditional act breaks. It just kind of has like short bursts of spending time with these characters that are split up across the universe. And so it felt like every, he said that it felt like it, you read basically 40 pages and then, uh, there was kind of a cliffhangery moment. 
And we went to the, another issue, but that issue focused on Rocket and Yondu, or mm. Nebula and Gamora. And I understand that. My argument that I always go to is movies are not comic books. Uh, um, so there are arguably some rules, quote unquote, that have to come along with making a movie. James Gunn likes to subvert a lot of those, and that's fine. Um, but I think it suffers at, uh, I think what suffers is some of the more emotional beats of the movie. Mm-hmm. Part of it is we've established how much I am not a fan of Chris Pratt. Mm-hmm. I was interested in everything that didn't have him in it. Um, because it was painful for me to watch him constantly get outacted by kurt russell Mm -hmm. uh he had a couple good moments Uh, i'd say the catch moment was pretty good um that whole scene was good and then when yondu dies uh like the whole funeral scene at the end of the movie i think the movie ends really really strong um from yondu dying up through his funeral i really liked uh i thought that was the best performances everyone gave in the whole movie um, but when he, I just felt like he was out to see every time he had a scene across from Kurt Russell, mm. most notably for me, the scene where Kurt Russell is explaining the song Brandy to him. Gosh, I love hated that scene. Mm-hmm. I felt like Chris Pratt was giving him nothing and Kurt Russell was laying everything out there. I loved the Kurt Russell's performance in that scene to the point where I was like, oh, can I get a two hour movie of, uh, Just that. of Kurt Russell explaining 70s song lyrics to me? Cause I would watch the crap out of that apparently. Yeah. Um, the Nebula Gamora thing is interesting. I wanted a lot more from it. Mm. That's kind of how I felt about every arc, every arc in the whole movie. I just left was left wanting more, which is arguably good, but I felt like it was a little safe. I felt like every time it brushed up against uh, something a little potentially sticky or maybe icky, it didn't go all in and explore it, which I kind of get. You want to make a family movie, but also your family movie has like a hundred million dudes getting stabbed to death with a flying arrow. Yeah. So... I really think that they, I really wanted more out of the child abuse story um, Mm. from Nebula and Gamora. I feel like it's a major missed opportunity because I just felt like you could, I feel like one, the empathy for that is immediately, it's inherent, it's built in. By saying these are two abused women. Like they're not fighting with each other. They're still fighting against their dad. Um, and so I thought you could do, like, I would like to see a deep dive of just how damaged these two women are and how they're trying to cope with what's essentially PTSD yeah. and how they're kind of deprogramming from an abusive situation. Um, I think that would be a really cool thing to explore. And I think that would be, uh, I mean, that's heavy. That's yeah. heavy, heavy, heavy. And the movie kind of brushes up against it. Nebula gets a lot of, like, good moments to kind of get there. But then it seems like as soon as she gets there, the movie itself backs off. Rocket and Yondu, I liked their whole thing. Um, Bradley Cooper's awesome as Rocket. Uh, he was my favorite part of the first one. Uh, he's one of my favorite parts of this one. He's so, He's so freaking good. I love that guy anyway. But... I wanted a little bit more. I felt like he was the only one who really didn't get any backstory explained yeah. um, out of all the characters. And he's the one that I wanted to know back more backstory about than anyone else. Um, Yondu's whole arc was really good. I uh, I really liked Sylvester Stallone in this movie. Yeah, it was fun to see him there. He was the perfect kind of Sylvester Stallone for Guardians of the Galaxy, which is... Very loud, very mumbly, and way more macho than he needed to be for that character. And it was great. (laughs) Um, But I liked the exposition he gave about, like, why Yondu was kind of uh, excommunicated from the Ravagers because he was human trafficking, essentially. Um, And not only just human trafficking, but human trafficking with children. Um, And so I liked that whole thing. I liked the way that resolved... Um, but once again, it goes to 
I just kind of wanted the Starhawk movie after that. You yeah. know, I was just way more interested in exploring all the like weird side tangents yeah. than the overarching father-son story, which was well done on paper. But like I said, I don't think Chris Pratt gave Kurt Russell enough to deal with. Um, I felt like Baby Groot was fine. Mm. What I hated about Baby Groot, and I know that's a weird sentence... What I hated about Baby Groot is you could tell Vin Diesel was like, I got like six hours, you're getting nine I Am Groots out of me for this one. Mm. Uh, like, he didn't talk at all. And I felt yeah. like he had a lot of lines. I know it's just I Am Groot, I'm not an idiot. Yeah. But like, I I felt like that really characterized him in Guardians 1. I felt like he didn't really have a character in this movie because he said I Am Groot maybe ten times. Like, yeah. I feel like you could count the amount of lines he has on your two hands and that's it. Um... I also had a weird problem with like him just being a punching bag the whole movie until oh, like uh yeah, yeah yeah baby Groot. it was just really it was a really weird thing to do mm. um I don't think the movie reveled in it at all like I don't think it was like glorifying what was happening to baby yeah. Groot but I feel like they maybe went a little too far like I was like I get it he's like they're treating him bad yeah I get it um I feel like by having the movie start off with him dancing over the opening credits. It's cute. Mm -hmm. But I felt like we were deprived of a really key character moment for the rest of the team. Mm -hmm. Because we don't get to see how they're behaving like a dysfunctional family, really. Mm -hmm. We get a little bit of glimpses here and there. But I feel like if we would have gotten to see the battle start to finish, we could have seen them making more selfish decisions of how can I beat this creature. How can I do it? And we kind of see that in Drax, just like, I have to go inside of it, you know, and yeah. then even kind of wanting to take credit for it after. Um, but I feel like you kind of neuter that by just focusing on the baby group dancing thing. Um, so, uh, I don't know. The first, the first like 45 minutes was pretty rough for me. Mm. Um, I thought the movie had a weird relationship with death and violence. Mm. Because it painted certain types of death and violence as bad, and then really reveled in another kind of death and violence. Specifically, the scene where Yondu is murdering his entire crew. See, I laughed. Maybe I'm sick, but I laughed the entire time. See, I thought it was really weird. Um, it just seemed a little overly cruel to me, because he blows up the ship. Mm. And I was just like... Just start there, dog. Like, why'd you murder everyone, then blow them up? Like, yeah. that seemed a little weird to me. And then just, like, the cheeriness of the pop song. It was just very flippant with it. And mm. which did make me have to kind of confront why something like that would bother me versus something like John Wick, where he's, like, murders roomfuls of dudes. And I'm just like, do it more. <laughs> um this one this next john wick three i want no talking all shooting people in the head um, <laughs> nothing but nothing but yeah exactly yeah. um i think what it boiled down to is i feel like in john wick every kill comes at a cost to him emotionally and physically mm. when he's done killing these rooms full of dudes he's exhausted and bleeding always yeah. and then he has those great scenes with like the the woman that he's supposed to kill where she's like do you fear damnation and he's like yeah <laughs> like 100 yeah. yeah. i've done some crazy stuff yeah um yondu just kind of is like and everyone i've worked with ever dies but you see, my argument to that would be it was revenge because these guys murdered all these other guys they mm -hmm. chucked him out the the um they, to me, the Ravengers, the guys that Yondu kills, did the more horrible deed. And that they didn't give these guys quick deaths. They chucked them out into space, made them freeze and suffocate to death. So Yondu, to me, this was like his revenge of just like, I'm taking all you suckers out because A, you committed mutiny. Mm -hmm. And B, look what you did to these other guys. So to me, it was a... It was a revenge killing. And also, and I think James Gunn was really trying to paint these guys as bad with everything they did to Baby Groot. And like yeah. Pouring stuff on them and just really painting like these are the bad Ravengers. So Yondu killing them tasted better going down, if you will, mm -hmm. to, to the audience. So that's, I had no problem with that. But. Yeah. 
the thing is, though, like, then Yondu gets a redemption arc, and it's like, well, why, these other guys could have just as easily had that, too. I know you it's you true. obviously wouldn't give a hundred dudes a redemption arc in one movie. That would <laughs> that be would outrageous. So yeah, that would be, that would be ridiculous. <laughs> um, a lot of the jokes didn't really land with me. I was just like, okay, 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 okay. Some of the timing was really weird on some of them, mm. like the them rolling out the carpet for the sovereign lady and it getting stuck i was like that like what like uh, what See, that made me chuckle because i thought how against the grain mm-hmm. you know a little scene like that where normally they'd finish rolling out and they'd have the scene and then just to have this like this very natural moment that could happen to anyone having them be like it, it played to me like uh-huh. it was it was funny to me. a lot of the humor was much more so than Doctor Strange. Uh, Doctor, yeah. Doctor Strange, to me, did not need as much humor as they threw at it. Yeah, I agree. Even though the jokes didn't work as much with me in this, I feel like there's an inherent jokiness to Guardians of the Galaxy. That, that universe he's kind of set up. Yeah. It, it plays well. Yeah. Whereas Doctor Strange, it's like, no. Yeah. It doesn't need to be that. Uh, I really liked the two Fleetwood Mac needle drops in it. Mm. I really liked the George Harrison, My Sweet Lord, when they get to uh, Ego's Planet. I really liked that. Yeah. Um, Which is like a Pac-Man. I hated it. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, that's stupid. Oh, I was cheering, man. I Uh, love that scene. I, oh... I did, one of the jokes I really laughed at was in the scene that I said I hated with Kurt Russell and Chris Pratt, where he tells him he can make whatever, and he's like, I'm going to make some weird shit, man. <laughs> but I really liked Chris Pratt's delivery on that. Yeah. I thought he really leaned into it and sold it. Yeah. I thought that was good. I thought Karen Gillan was a lot better than she was in the first one. Yeah. I felt like she, I mean, it was still all the <laughs> type of acting, yeah. but you, 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 you saw a little bit more of the... Um, humanity i guess behind her like mm. especially you got a little bit more of her story and why she wanted to kill her sister you know that to me the the gamora and what was the character's name again nebula nebula that to me was the weakest mm. family relationship mm-hmm. thing, just because i didn't think kira kieran is it kieran karen gillen karen gillen i didn't feel like she did a particularly great job mm. acting like it was it was fine and it got the point and it was it was okay but to me, that was the weakest kind of familia yeah. tie-in they had with everything. Um, also, without by not leaning into the child abuse stuff, I feel like if you did that, you could show some flashbacks of how cruel Thanos was to them. Mm. And that would characterize Thanos, which is something that needs to start happening. Because right now, Disney keeps telling me as a corporate entity... Thanos is coming, Thanos is coming, get hype, Thanos is coming, he's going to be a really crazy bad guy. The movies have done basically nothing to tell me that, outside yeah. of, I want the Infinity Stones and I'm giant. Yeah. You know, uh, there, we, he, like, he's not really a villain yet, he's just like a guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, a guy who wants some stuff. Uh, and if you're going to characterize Thanos, why would you not use the characters who are directly connected to him? Um, they need it like they need to get the ball rolling, ball rolling on that like three yeah. or four movies ago. Yeah. Even though they didn't do that, they did introduce, and I if they can if it continues on, they did introduce an extremely important character, Adam Warlock. Adam Warlock at the very end of the movie, mm-hmm. which I was like, oh snap! Yeah, because everyone when Kurt Russell originally got cast, everyone thought he was going to be Adam Warlock. Yeah, and then when Sylvester Stallone got cast, everyone thought he was going to be Adam Warlock. Yeah. Um, what else? I really liked Jim, uh, Jim Gunn's brother, mm-hmm. uh, Sean Gunn. I thought his character was great. Yeah. Uh, I thought, I, I really liked him. Um, Mantis was okay. Yeah. Uh, I, she did well with what she had. She didn't have a lot to do. Yeah. Um, but she was fine. So there's a couple things that happen in the movie that I don't think are a problem I have with the movie, but I think they're problems I have with the larger Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, and I'm w- once again, I'm not saying that this needed to happen in this one because it's only the second time we've spent ca- time with these characters mm-hmm. and they haven't been part of the larger universe yet. Marvel needs to kill some people, mm-hmm. some heroes, like a couple movies ago. Like, it's getting annoying now. Like, um, it just, you, they feel, it feels almost stakeless at this point. Yeah. Um, 
I really feel like War Machine should have died in Civil War. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I just, I don't know. I just feel like they need to start, start killing some to, folks. To show the seriousness. Yeah, of I hope a lot of people die in Infinity War. I have a feeling a lot of people will probably die. Yeah, good. Because um, isn't that like the actor's like last movie, technically? So Yeah, everyone's contract is up, basically. Yeah. And they're kind of setting up for this new Avengers thing with Vision and Scarlet Witch and, you know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, I think they need to start getting rid of some folks. Yeah. Um, two, I am very over Disney doing this weapons test on de-aging technology. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm done with that crap, man. Yeah. It's just it's getting to a point where it feels shoehorned into these things now. Mm-hmm. Um I felt like it even felt shoehorned into Civil War. Mm-hmm. But you had Ant-Man, Civil War, Rogue One, and this movie either begin or end with scenes that had that technology on display. Yeah. Those all came out in a row. <laughs> um and so it's as if they're flaunting it. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, it's a weapons test, is what it is, yeah. and like that gets into some weird territory with me anyway. Because like, if Kurt Russell dies tomorrow, does that mean like we can rebuild him? You know, yeah. that like that feels really weird. We've already seen it weapons tested on Carrie Fisher. Mm. A lot of people, when she died, immediately were like digitally recreate her for Episode Nine, and it was like that's gross. Like that yeah. feels gross to me. Um. Yeah, I don't, that, that stuff is really, I don't know. I, that, that's the thing is like, I had my problems with the movie, but the movie also illustrated some larger problems I have with the MCU that aren't necessarily the fault of the movie. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, like I said, I don't see it getting better till Black Panther for me. Um, I felt I watched the Thor trailer. We saw the Thor trailer before the movie, and it played a lot better to me in a theater. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm still, I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm a little worried. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think I'm fatigued on it. Uh, I know a lot of people jump to, oh, it's superhero fatigue. There's too many of them. There's a lot of them, that's for sure. And we yeah. cover a lot of them. Yeah. But I don't think I'm burnt out on them yet. Um, but it's quickly approaching. I don't know if it's quickly approaching. I just think they're, think they're, it just seems like they're getting to a point where one, these are, it's becoming almost like, this is a weird comparison, but <laughs> bear with me. It's becoming almost like country music. Mm. Like it just feels like they're popping them out of the factory to me. Yeah. Uh, and same tune. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like they're doing that because these movies make a ton of money. Guardians opened to $150 million. That's a lot of money. And so I feel like uh, even though they don't need more money, I feel like Disney and Marvel got dollar signs in their eyes and are focusing on quantity over quality now, and I think the movies are suffering because of it. Yeah. So the closest thing I could think of for um, Guardians is I feel like it was almost like a Tim Burton movie for me. Mm Mm-hmm. It was an exercise in themes and style with almost no regard for narrative structure. Mm. Uh, that's a, how a lot of Tim Burton's movies are. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, part of the, the, This movie specifically, by the end, works for me thematically structurally there are a lot of problems with it it's a really bumpy road to a solid ending yeah i like i said i like the movie i don't know that i want to see it again soon i liked yondu's mary poppins moment which we talked about earlier that was probably my favorite joke in the movie (laughs) i thought that was funny like mary poppins michael rooker's incredible in the movie yes by the way uh that's the best performance i've ever seen him give really good Man, he's great in it. All the older actors are a lot better than their younger counterparts, I felt like. So the five post-credit scenes we have are uh, Adam Warlock being created by the Sovereign. Mm -hmm. My favorite one was the Ravagers have this funeral at the end of the movie for Yondu. Mm -hmm. And that's great. Uh, That sequence is really good. And we get to see... It's kind of like a Ravagers meetup, and they haven't seen each other in a while. And so we see uh, Starhawk, Charlie 27, and a 
Uh, do you remember the other people's names? I do not okay. remember. Um, but the team is Sylvester Stallone, Ving Rhames, uh, CGI alien who doesn't speak, Lex Luthor from Smallville. Uh, he was in it? He is the diamond guy. Oh, he's that guy? Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Michelle Yeoh. Yes, please. Mm-hmm. Michelle Yeoh is in the MCU and that makes me so happy. I love Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. Uh, and Miley Cyrus. Um, Miley Cyrus was in it? Yeah. Who was she? She's the robot head. That oh, was I'm... like, I missed you guys or whatever. Oh, I did not notice her. Yep. Uh, and then Stallone just goes, let's steal some shit. And I was like, yeah, I want to see that movie. I want to see the weird, how to make a movie, but I'll make that crap happen. That sounds like a blast. <laughs> Gosh, I loved that scene. I was just like, this is sweet, Michelle. Like, I didn't know she was going to be in it. Yeah. And so when it started going through them, I was like, what the hell is Ving Rhames doing here? And then she showed up and I flipped out. I was like, Michelle Yo! Like, I looked around like, are you guys watching this? Oh my gosh, Michelle Yo is in the MCU! And no one was excited as I was. I was like, y'all need to watch some older Kung Fu movies because she's a badass. She's amazing. Yeah, I like that. Uh, what else was there? Teenage Groot? Teenage Groot, that was funny. Yeah. I think I'm, that was the most lines he had in the whole movie. Yeah. That one scene. Yeah, it was. That was pretty funny. Um, I, I'm looking forward to kind of a lippy Groot. Yeah. Uh, I think I think they'll get some good mileage out of that. Especially, I think that really does lean into the the family aspect of it. You know, there's just kind of like, there was the toddler right now. He's a crappy teenager. Yeah. Um, so I think that's interesting. Stan Lee is officially a watcher. Is he, though? Yeah, because he was telling them about all the stuff he... He's at least a correspondent for them. True. Because he was telling them about, like... And then there was the time I was the FedEx driver. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, like, he was was recounting all the stories to the watchers of every time he's been in the MCU. Oh, see, I did not even pay attention to that. Mm Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I didn't even know they had the rights of the Watchers. I thought that was exclusively to the Fantastic Four universe. Yeah, I guess not. But that makes sense because, what's his name? Uatu or whatever. He shows up in the Infinity Gauntlet storyline. Yeah, it's true because that's a major event so he comes to watch. Yeah. Interesting. That yep. was fun. I, I need to I need to watch it again because I didn't I didn't understand that that he was just recounting all his different scenes he had been in. Yeah. Uh, and then what's the fifth? What was the fifth one? Oh, it was Sean Gunn practicing with Yondu's arrow. Yeah, that's what it was. Yep. Um, and then he stabs Drax in the chest with it. Tiptoes away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was a fun like way to kick off all the post credit scenes. Yeah. I think it'd be cool to see that character kind of step into Yondu's shoes. Uh, yeah. and, you know, to almost be an uncle that has to raise Peter now. Very interesting. Yeah, I think I think that could be an interesting direction to go with it. Um, who knows how it's going to shake out. Guardians 3 is going to take place after Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Um, so who knows what's going to happen there, because the Guardians are in Infinity War. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we'll see where it goes. It's... For me, it's an okay movie. Uh, a lot of people really liked it. I had a lot of problems with it. Um, I had a lot of bones to pick with this movie. On the whole, I think after a first time watching, I did actually enjoy it a little bit more than the first one the first time I saw it. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of stuff that I did not care for in it. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have anything else to say about Guardians Volume 2? Uh, no, I liked it a lot. And... Uh... I'd say, I mean, that's the consensus I've heard is either people really like it or they really don't like it. Mm-hmm. So I would say if you're kind of feeling middle of the road, go check it out. I mean, yeah, I don't not recommend it. Like, uh, that's the thing. Like, if you're going to, you're going to see it anyway if you haven't already. Um, you know, it, it just, like, it still had some of the same problems that I had originally and then illustrated some more bigger problems I have with the MCU that I hope they can course correct on but like it's a it, like I said it's competent it's you know put together fairly well it looks good um it's a little CGI heavy for my taste mm. uh but it kind of has to be and so I get that um the new characters work for the most part um no one feels out of place as a character in the movie which I like uh it has a good villain 
um, that has some character meat to him, um, which I very much appreciated. I hope he comes back. Uh, I know I just called for people to die a lot in the Marvel Universe, but I feel like Kurt Russell is too good of an actor to just kind of waste like that. Um, but he really doesn't care about the MCU. Did you see an interview with him? No. It was on IMBD, and they were asking all the Guardians of the Galaxy who uh, who from the Avengers were their characters like to meet. And they each gave one, and it got to Kurt Russell. And he's like, I'll be honest with you, I don't give a hot damn about any of that. Man, Kurt Russell's the best. <laughs> he's like, you know, all due respect, that's just, I came in and did my bit, and it was fun, but I'm done. <laughs> Really? That's pretty much what he said. Oh, man. That's a bummer, but that's fine. Yeah. I also, man, he's so good in the movie. He's, he's like, understandably the best performance in it. He's just great all yeah. the way around. Um, he's funny in it. He's tender in it. He's evil in it. Uh, he gets to run the gamut of stuff, and he's very good at all of that. Yeah. Like I said, that scene of him explaining how him and Star-Lord are the sailor from the song Brandy is... That's some of the best character stuff that's been in a Marvel movie, I feel like. Yeah. Um, even though I felt like Chris Pratt was not returning the favor to him, I felt like, man, he sold that scene. It felt like it was, it honestly felt like it was almost out of a Tarantino movie. Yeah. And Kurt Russell saying Tarantino dialogue is great. Um, he's done it twice now in Death Proof and Hateful Eight. Yeah. And he was the best parts of both of those movies. And, uh... Yeah, man. Uh, I'm bummed he's out if he's out. Uh, but I also get it. It doesn't make any sense for him to come back, really. But I, I just like all the older actors that are in the MCU. Like, Michael Douglas is great. Yeah. Uh, you know, Michael Rooker was really good in this. Stallone was, I loved it. Michelle Yeoh, uh, super excited about. Ving Rames. I feel like Ving Rames in the Guardians universe is pretty great, too. That's a really, uh, there's some like smart side casting to yeah. the movie. Um, I mean, heck, I even feel like Miley Cyrus in there isn't super out of place. She's a talking head, so yeah. I don't, <laughs> but like, I feel like she could give a good performance. Why not? Like, yeah. she's she's not a stranger to acting. Yeah. Um, I never watched her show. She might have been amazing on it. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, I just feel like that. It doesn't not make sense, but it doesn't exactly make sense either. And that's kind of my favorite kind of casting. It doesn't feel like a stunt, uh, but it feels a little outside the box. Yeah, uh, I think that'll do it. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. a good movie. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was uh, it was an okay movie, but you should see it anyway, I feel like. Uh, especially if you're curious about it, don't let my you know problems with it sway you either way. Uh, I'm I'd say it's, a great, it's a great start to the summer. You know, mm-hmm. It's a fun movie. Uh, not the if you're going to it expecting like Schindler's List, you're going to be thoroughly disappointed. But if or Civil War, even. or Civil War, or Winter Soldier, yeah, um, which I would agree with MJ is probably the best out of all of them. Um, but if you're looking for a fun movie, take the family to and enjoy it, and then yeah. go on with normal life. I'd say go do it. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's there's been, there are worse things you could see in a theater right now. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't think of any off the top of my head. It's been a while since I've seen a bad movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, hopefully I won't this weekend. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at MJSmith891. Um, you can follow my writing at wordofthenerd.com. I just wrote about a new dinosaur that was discovered in Montana that they named after Zool. Um, <laughs> Uh, I write reviews at KeithLovesMovies.com. Uh, this weekend I'm writing a review about The Wall, starring Aaron Taylor Johnson, Quicksilver mm. from Age of Ultron, and John Cena, of all people. Mm. Um, in a psychological war thriller from Doug Lyman, the guy who directed Edge of Tomorrow. So I'm actually really interested to see how that kind of movie goes down. Um, interesting. <laughs> yeah, so be on the lookout on KeithLovesMovies.com for my review on that. That'll all get filtered through my Twitter page. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, any RSS, uh, reader that you could find on Android. They all work. Um, it'll pull in our, our RSS feed. You can find us on YouTube at Real Perspective. That's R-E-E-L Perspective. Uh, that's a different YouTube show, or it's a YouTube show with a different co-host and different topics and, more of a macro level view of things that are happening in cinema. Um, also on that channel, we have Corey Tyndall holding it down with video game news and game space. Uh, so go subscribe over there. 
and get notified whenever something new comes up. We try to have something up every Friday at the very least. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, until next time, go watch a Gene Wilder Richard Pryor buddy movie. Woohoo! Makana-san. Makana-san. <laughs>